Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Have y'all heard about this new true crime podcast, Mob Queens? Uh, it's Baby. like really good. Um, yes. We would mm. super duper be into it. It's this juicy true crime podcast. There's romance, there's uh, scandal, there's uh, dangerous woman, Ana Genovese, and a whole lot of drag queens. Ana Genovese was the New York drag club maven, entrepreneur, and badass mob wife. And it's a wild ride following the host piece together her life story. Mm. The hosts are Hollywood besties Jessica Bendinger, who wrote Bring It On, and Michael Seligman, who produces RuPaul's Drag Race. We love you, Michael. Ever heard of it? I don't know. Go check it out. Search Mob Queens in your podcast app and start at Chapter One for all the twists and turns. Mm. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Woo woo woo! Mm -mm -mm. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest wherein a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, yes, we are hoarding cases of fleet for the apocalypse. Oh my god, oh my god. I figured out a homemade fleet recipe for the apocalypse. Oh, you know you did. did. I ordered a kilo of glycerin and Epsom salt and tears. It's and like Epsom salt and tears. <laughs> no. Actually, tears would make the perfect fleet liquid oh because they're god. isotonic. It's perfect. Wait, I thought we do were an anti-fleet podcast. I do. I fleet Joe, is bad for you, but Joe I love loves it. Joe so fleets like before Joe, interview. You mean Joe, Joe fleets before like, Sometimes I fleet be- before record just to like get my juice. This is flowing. Yeah, it's, it's Joe's morning it's, practice. It's Joe's morning practice. like rich people's cocaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, literally... You know, you're um, like... Huff a line right before a meeting. I didn't even say, how does the terminology, do you huff cocaine? Snort. No. <laughs> how do oh drugs, how do drugs go? Do drugs? She was shooting hair. She was I, shooting cocaine. Sure. Yeah. I did nine I, shots of heroin right before I came into the studio. Um, no, a, a boy that I'm talking to told me that he does poppers while he douches, and now I do poppers while I douche. Oh, that's oh my so God. a lot. I feel like Fleet is to Joe as Tarot is to you, Fran. Oh. It just <laughs> makes him feel centered at the start of every day. Wait. <laughs> Unbothered. I mean, I am 1,000%. I mean, it Accurate. is a thing we do instead of Accurate. therapy. That's for sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some people need therapy. therapy. Others need fleet. Jesus. Did you miss us? <laughs> I am Tommy Teebs Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter. I could suck the color out of a marble and when I swallow instead of spit, Technically, my stomach is a ravioli. I hate you. That's disgusting. That doesn't even make sense. Sure, I don't. It's you are too much of a poet, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, I'm Fran. I am a writer, an editor, and after that, I'm gluten free. (laughs) (laughs) No pasta for me. Thank you. (laughs) Oh goodness. I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater, and I will suck your life force if I'm giving you head. Oh. I will swallow it. Well, I will dispose like of it. Like a dementor. Like well, a hocus yes. pocus well, witch. Yes. I would like to die, so maybe we should. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Oh, God. And I okay. am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I can verify scientifically that as a top you get at least three times more sex that's true actually Wait, that's true I think that's, yeah. I think really that's true. because everyone's looking for that a top Wait, explain yeah. this to so I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a top now okay. it's been about three months love that mm-hmm. and it'll it's last just for three more days three, it's been three months it's been three since three my last <laughs> bottom <laughs> And uh Topaholics Anonymous. It's, it's just I'm Topaholics <laughs> All right, we're here. Yeah, we are here. No, I just I in LA, I come to LA and typically it's really hard for me to hook up, but the first day I was here, there were four bottoms being like, Come over, come mm-hmm. over. Oh my god. I, oh not my mad. god. 
It's like a, a, a bunch of mice and one piece of cheese. <laughs> For real. I don't, like, I don't know if I like you as a top. <laughs> you didn't uh, like me as a bottom either. <laughs> I don't really like any t- I don't like them. Right. You know, they they're just necessary. They're just, yeah. they're functional. Uh, so yeah, welcome back everybody. Um, <laughs> We're so sorry. <laughs> Joe, do you want to tell us what we got on the menu this week? Uh, so fruitly, we swipe right on season four. Dennis rides a lift. We queer family. <laughs> and as always, we end with something small inside of Dennis. Oh. Take it oh. away. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should with a little uh, tease, a uproarious appetizer segment, Mm -hmm. Amuse Boosh, and to amuse your booshes, Fran's got a game for us. That's right, it's the season opener, so obviously we have to play our classic game of swipe right, swipe left. If you are unfamiliar with this game, first of all, welcome. Um, Second of all, how dare you? You should know, you should have the context for everything that we're doing before you do it, before we do it. Um, but uh, swipe right, swipe left is a game we're in. We swipe right or left on cultural phenomenons, and you know, or sometimes we deliberate, sometimes we debate. You know, we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Flaming saddles. Oh. So, can somebody explain to me what that is? Yeah, what is Flaming Saddles? It is uh it is a country western gay bar. Okay. Uh, where they it's it's sort of like uh, Coyote Ugly where they do the the dancings on the bar the bartenders do. Um, you know, uh, I am from a, a town where every bar is a country western bar. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I kind of like want Flaming Saddles to feel like home to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually did it. I was working on an essay for a time where I went there every day to sort of feel how it felt to be in a gay country Western bar. And what I realized is that a lot of the people there are rich folks sort of mocking kind of like working class white identity or cowboy mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. Cowboys isn't necessarily synonymous with white, but like sure. sort of mocking mm-hmm. this Western mm-hmm. working class identity. And it really grossed me out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's it's a tough one. I probably swiped right barely on the bar mm-hmm. because I like the idea and it's of also, it. also the Los oh. Angeles one is really fun. Is the, it though? The New York oh. one is not very fun. Okay. But yeah. I think the Los Angeles, I mean, there's a dancer there and she is like, she blows my mind. Oh, the one that's on day. your Insta story. Oh, yes. Wow. Oh my God. Yesterday, I was there yesterday or two days ago and she twerked upside down as a smoke machine blew smoke onto her ass. Okay. She was doing a handstand right while twerking. That is amazing. There's nothing that interesting happening at the Flaming Saddles in New York. Mm. Um, I have been there a few times. I even did a a bar crawl for a birthday a few years ago, and that was one of the places that we went to. When Dennis is at Blazing Saddles, is it called Broke Her Back Mountain? (laughs) (laughs) It should be. It should be. I need it to be. But I'm going to swipe. I I swipe left on Flaming Saddles. I'm done. I'm bored. And also, it's 2019. Start taking credit cards. Oh, oh right, like, cash wow. only. Like, well, Dennis in here with the economic assessment. <laughs> yes. Okay, swipe right, swipe left, Lil Nas. Right. Oh, swipe right. All the way right. Oh. It's cute. Mm. Don't Joe, even, Joe's Joe's just got this beautiful smile on his face. A black, a black queer cowboy Joe is in his happy Joe can die happy now. He's I, I, really I, I'll ride till I can ride no more. No, he's like, he's a, he's a, he's a, yes. yes. He, you know, Save a horse, rise, ride a little knot. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's a top now. Joe's like, I've got something for you to ride. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a little young. Yeah, I think really to be. What? Oh wait, how old is he? How old is he? Googling, he's googling right he's now. Twenty. Let's go back into so Joe's DMs. For Joe. <laughs> yeah. A little old for me, to be honest. No. Um, but but I just love I love he has he's so funny on his socials and sort of when he came out and then people were harassing him his like clapbacks were so his good were it, they were also very trolly he said exactly. something like just because I said I'm not straight doesn't mean I, wait what did uh, he say he said just because I'm gay doesn't mean I'm not straight you know like, and, what? and then and I was like honestly same yeah. you know and then, and then he put his thing with like the gun in it and he's like say some say one other hone a phomic thing to me just like he's just like doing dumb shit it's so good yeah. so mm. unbothered so like talented and unbothered huge swipe right he needs another song so right yeah, yeah it's time <clears throat> it's time we want more Lil Nas bring us the music swipe right swipe left live action Disney remakes ooh left 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 I would have swiped left but then I saw all of them and they're all <laughs> <laughs> 
And I love them. No, they make me cry. Obsessed with oh my them. god. The the Lion King them. one really? Like the, the thing about the Lion King is that like a lot of the in the cartoon, you know, the, those 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 animals made faces. Yeah. And in the the live action Lion King, they're not they don't make faces. They just look That's real. True. There's That's a lot. True. Some of that magic is lost. Like it doesn't feel like as as much for kids as it could be. You oh, know what like, I mean? I don't think it's for kids, right? But that's also kind of why I loved it because you're like, yeah, it's Beyonce teaching me about mortality. Like, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, uh, like I just kind of I lived. I, it felt like an an adultification of a lot of things that I used to love. I agree. Which is probably why they're making so much fucking money off. Of I it. agree, and I feel like I don't always feel like everything. This will sound ridiculous. I don't always feel like everything is quite for like me and my generation. And so when you're taking things that were like sacred in my childhood and you're like updating them and you're putting in like people who are now iconic to me, like Beyonce, like Donald Glover, and you're putting them into um, something that is from my childhood, I find that really exciting. Is that, that taking is, is that taking advantage of your nostalgia though? Yes, yes. it's monetizing fully, nostalgia. Fully. That's but okay. There, with but me. most of the <laughs> time, I enjoy it. I agree, and most of the time, I I sort of go against <clears throat> nostalgia. And so it's like, here's a nostalgia that I feel like I can literally buy into. Dennis, have you seen the movie? Not yet. No! <laughs> but I'm really excited. I have, I have a self-parody to do. Ready? Ready? But Fran, don't you think if you cried more in real life, you would have to cry less in movies? Hey, uh, but Fran, <laughs> but let Fran. me just say that you're distancing yourself from a real intimacy. You, are you in touch with your emotions, Fran? <laughs> I'm so Poppers, ready. Uh, <laughs> 19-year-old dancers. Uh, uh, no, no, swipe left. Like swipe it. left. <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. 69ing. Mm, it depends on no, I don't ugh, I think about people who are looking at me from that angle. Because <laughs> <laughs> you love to fuck tall people, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. So <laughs> doesn't always work out for you, you know, like in terms of like physics. Like geometry. Yeah. 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 It's it's requires some flexibility. I'll swipe right. It's fine. It doesn't inspire me, but it's fine. For me, it's all about mechanics. Yeah. Because more often than not, the me- I'm a very tall person. Right. And they like to fuck small people. Yeah. And so <laughs> I feel like it, it gets like the, the, the geometry doesn't always work out for me. Mm. But I do love it when it's when it's a success. But it's definitely there's, oh, yeah. there's, people cry home more about it than they should. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, Agreed. Yeah. I think actually for me so I, I had sex with a very tall person yesterday and I topped him. And the 69ing, the mechanics worked fine. I feel like there are ways to sort of figure it out. And I also love all the different combinations. You can do butt butt. You can do butt dick. You could do dick dick. Like there's you know all sorts of different. But butt 69ing is human centipede. It's the best. <laughs> So good. It's really, really good. But like, so 69ing worked well. But when I was, when I tried to fuck him doggy style, I literally had to be standing as he was on his <laughs> knees. Actually, that's kind of hot. It was, I mean, it was great. That is I was like, hot. I that's kind of crazy. need a step stool, to be honest with you. But <laughs> must so, be this tall to ride this <laughs> roller coaster. Yes. Oh that was God. you in the cat's trailer. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Swipe right, swipe left. Aquafina. Um I saw the farewell and she was excellent in it. And she was definitely not playing the Aquafina character. She was Nora playing a character in a movie. And I like Nora better, I think, than I like Aquafina. You know, for that movie specifically, they had debated whether her credit would be Nora Lum mm-hmm. um, or Aquafina, and they decided that ultimately, like, the, the movie would, would benefit from name recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that movie was incredible. I love everything that she's working on right now. She's working on a comedy series right now. I thought, you know, Ocean's 8 was not an amazing movie, but she was amazing in it. You mm-hmm. know, like, I, I love everything that she is creating, and I think that um, what her kind of proactiveness in creating Asian American representation specifically... Mm-hmm is like life changing. You know? I I love her. The only thing I've actually really seen her in is Crazy Rich Asians, which I love. I haven't seen the farewell yet, but I really want to because everyone's talking about how amazing it is and I want to see her in like a dramatic role. So I'm really excited about her and when she did host SNL, like I've talked about this before, but everything she said in her opening monologue just like brought me to like that laugh crying state and I just I'm obsessed with her. I love her. Swipe right, swipe left, shampoo conditioner combination. Left. Homophobic! Also racist. I'm not also racist. True. Yes. Not good for black hair. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie, Joe. I was expecting you to swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> 
not me. Because yeah, we're same. Because we learned that you that you um, still use like like degree deodorant yeah. or something yeah. like and that. And you don't use so a and, and you and and you let you like much like Taylor Swift, you let the soap drizzle down to your legs in the shower. I do not wash. <laughs> I, I use neither right. a washcloth nor do I wash my legs. You have like the bath amenities, like taste level of like a prepubescent boy. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. Because we all shared a bathroom together at yeah. Tin House, and I was like, I know who has this this thing that's like shampoo and body wash is the same thing. And that's when we are traveling together, you see like all my products and they're all black and they're like all perfectly like manicured and all like a jillion dollars. And then you see Joe's like degree <laughs> deodorant. And not having a wallet. And not, have, not just having a wallet. Our readers Seven. need to know the truth. Joe does not have a wallet. Has never had a wallet. Has never had a wallet. He, he clumps he, it together in a rubber band. Care, no, not he doesn't even have a rubber even band. A rubber band. Ah! He has a stack of cards and cash that he carries around with him everywhere. Correct. It's just a stack. That's not something to be proud of. <laughs> no. Okay. Swipe right, swipe left. Weed. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Weed um, helped me uh, reestablish my relationship with sleep as one of relaxation and not battle. Listen. <laughs> um, swipe right. Swipe right. I like I like weed. I, I like all the different ways that I can consume it now. Mm. I like I'm, edibles. I like the oils. Enemas. Bing, 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 bing. Enemas. <laughs> that would be... Well, actually, I... Listen, swipe I, right. You know, I'm addicted to suppositories. I got to do my first hemorrhoid, and I was like, let me just keep doing these. <laughs> yes. That Wait, is that's fully hilarious. Right. Someone who's like clinically addicted to suppositories, <laughs> you have to go into like suppository anonymous. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. I'm writing it into my pilot. Thank you. Wow. Um, Perfection. Swipe right, swipe left. The fact that all of us are going to be written into Tommy's pilot by the time oh this process is over. I don't. Right. I mean, I would be offended if I wasn't in your pilot. Same. So, um, I have been thinking about so a character's last name is Norris. Ah, um, there no. is a, a grad student who works at the shop um, who's also a writer uh, named uh, Osif Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, editor-in-chief of Voguing magazine, Fern Tornado. Fern Tornado! Fern Tornado! Fern Tornado is so accurate, it's not even funny. That's like, ready. That's like if I got, like, like extremely famous, and then, like, someone tried to, like, sell masks of me during Halloween. Like, I, that's what it would be. I need Fran to turn that into a sex move. The tornado. The Fern Tornado. The tornado. It would just be me getting extremely angry over a work problem and then falling asleep and then falling during asleep. sex. And then falling asleep. Swipe right, swipe left. Plastic surgery. I would just say spend what you need to spend to get it done right. Mm. Like, hmm. like I, if you're going to do it, do it. Do do what you need to do to feel good. Just get it done right. This is not the time to look for a discount. Mm. Swipe right, obviously, to like uh, trans women and gender non-conforming people who need to get like FFS, who need to get all yes. sorts of operations mm-hmm. um, that are just about um, gender confirmation and about, you know, just knowing that, um, you know, you want to be your full self. You want to not experience dysphoria and dysmorphia in the morning and when you're looking at the mirror or all times of the day. Um, I am a big advocate for butt implants. I want Listen, butt implants for me. You do. I, would really, I think it's an investment. I've just, the thing is, I, I, I got padded underwear. So I could see what it looks like. Oh, you did you like mean? it? What I did. You did. You I did. wanted to tap my own ass. Ah! Ah! Of course, no. the first person that Tommy ever wants to top is Tommy. Oh, no. Uh, the narcissism no. left out. <laughs> Literally, so Tommy ready. is peach red right now. Oh, thank you. I've yeah. never seen that response from Tommy. I just, I feel seen. That's all. That... Oh, wow. You are literally allergic to being seen. Nothing but love. Well, thank you all for playing that fun little game of Swipe Right, Swipe Left. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. 
It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards healthcare and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. For our next segment, uh, we're doing an impure thoughts about THOT this week. THOT. A slutty story from the whore archives. And <laughs> our, our thought the, the this archives? week. The uh, archives. And our thought this week is uh, uh, Dennis Norris is second. Nobody's junior. <laughs> you guys. Okay. And this is like fresh <laughs> off the chopping block because it just happened um, very recently. And I was like, I'm just going to dive in and tell this story. So... Just a few days ago, oh, I hopped into a lift. The was first lift, because they just heard about it. <laughs> the lift. first lift. I, yeah, the app, the app is new to me. And this was, this was, so to speak, her first ride. And I was leaving. So my friends and I in New York, we have a tradition. And every week, we actually do a, pose, a group pose viewing. So we head over to my oh, friend's apartment. Um, I have a friend who happens to live um, in a penthouse on 42nd. Oh, that's nice. All right. With his Joe boyfriend. Is grimacing. Joe is <laughs> like, wealthy Joe is, people? How dare you? Get the guillotine. Joe is truly <laughs> dying. Um, and so every week we go, we watch Pose. We like have a little discussion afterwards. And then usually because it's like 1130 at night, I will um, call a car to take me home because I live in Williamsburg. In Brooklyn. And so I did that. You know, everything's going normally. I get in the car. And I, for the first, like, 15 minutes, it's just, like, a normal, very quiet lift ride. And, like, I'm listening to music on my headphones. I'm, like, doing correspondence on my phone. Like, no big deal. Normal, normal ride. And then we cross into Brooklyn. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. And as soon... Dangerous Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, bits are... Oh, no. <laughs> Sketchy as fuck. No. We cross into Brooklyn, and he um, just sort of puts his hand up and is, like, signaling for my intention. So I'm okay. thinking that he's asking, like, for a direction that maybe the the app has, like, gotten something wrong on the map. And this is terrible because I don't know how to get anywhere. Any, literally yeah, anywhere. Really anywhere. anywhere. We're going to have to yeah. lead Dennis out of the studio today. Yes. So. <laughs> I've been living in this apartment since September, and I don't know how to get there at all. <laughs> I have no clue. Oh, you are oh being the Dennis of this conversation. Do just, wait, wait. Do you just like wander around your blocks for like hours until they find their yeah, home? Just, their I, door. I, I, will, I will. I will like get into a car, and a, a driver will be like, "So, how, how, can you direct me?" And I'm like. No, but like, I, I can't. I, I like, also, I'll pull up the map. I but. hate it when drivers do that. Yeah, though. I mean, because me I'm too. just like, that's your job. That's, no, your, that's job. your job. I kind no. of like it because I like knowing like the best way home. I'm like, but you should take this one. It's like a, a thing where I've like lived in New York for long enough that I'm like, that is toxic masculinity. <laughs> first of all, that's that's white a, privilege. That is, second of all, it's just I, 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 I don't. Um, and when it comes to Ubers and Lyfts, I do not. Um, uh, how do you say? speak? Um, I don't do that. That's not my. That's not my tea. So. Generally, also not my jam. But Joe, of course, is a proud boy scout. My favorite boy thing scout. to do is when you get in the car and they start talking to you, and I like put in my headphones. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to do something for work. Um, oh, just, that's a good line because I put in my headphones and then they just keep talking and I don't know what to say. No, I just say I'm so sorry I have to handle something for work. I've also um, learned that like I never tell them what I actually do. I just say like I'm an accountant and yes. they're like, uh, I'm like we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> that had made that one mistake one time when I said I was a writer and of course that person was like, well, these are the movies that I want to write. Maybe you should include a character like this. And like that, that is like, also <laughs> genius. That's, no one wants to talk about being an accountant. Also, I love this. Outside of Ubers and Lyfts, if you tell people that you have a podcast, you will get one of three answers. It's it's one what's a podcast yeah. <laughs> or two oh i have a podcast exactly. too uh-huh. and they start talking about, or three can i be a guest on your podcast uh, oh literally what? literally all three of which are time. unacceptable yes, answers sir. <laughs> like, that's so great where can i listen to it that's that's a good response um so he so he like wants to talk and i'm like okay so first he asked me if i speak spanish and i'm like i'm so sorry i i 
don't. Like, I hope I'll be able to help you find out where I need to go, where we need to go. Does he have an accent? He does have an accent. Mm. So then he says, okay, um, I'm just going to be ironically straight with you. And he's like, I, he's like, I'm married. I have, like, I have a wife. I have two kids, Mm. but I have started having (gasps) fantasies about having, about men. And he's like, he said that? Yes. And he's like, I Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up. What are, what were you wearing? Fully fair. Fully fair. Fully fair. That's right, bitch. I'm wearing very short shorts and I'm wearing um a cold shoulder blouse. <laughs> Got it. Um, which for Joe, if you don't know what that means, it's the ones where the shoulders cut out so you can the shoulders bare, but there's a sleeve. Do you know uh-huh, what I'm talking about? Cold shoulder. It's called the cold shoulder. I love the cold shoulder yeah. look. It's very cute. I am very proud of my shoulders. I know that's random and weird, <laughs> but it's true. So I do look like super gay. So And then you were wearing your badge that said, Ask me about being gay. Fully. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I like to call that I like to call that badge my ass. Oh my. God. Um, okay, and this segment is over. <laughs> so, Our podcast is done. We got canceled. <laughs> we're oh my god, so messy. So we're so so he starts telling me that and he's like, oh, is that like gay or like what? Like I have fantasies about touching men and men touching me, and I was like, well, you know, I said a lot of people have questions and a lot of people are curious. I think that's very normal. Sexuality is fluid. Um, sexuality is fluid. So you know, and then he starts. Yeah, he's like, I he's like, I've been watching gay porn recently, Whoa. and like that's really hot. Whoa. And then he's like, I just fantasize about like um, jerking off a, a guy and having a guy jerk off me. And he starts making the motion with his right hand. What? And then he sticks his hand like back, like to the back seat, like he wants to touch me because he just repeats himself, like I want to, I want to touch a man, I want to be touched. He said that yeah. multiple times. Wow, that is those yeah. are some those are some soft hints right there. I, I was like, where is this going? Okay, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Follow up question. What does he look like? What was he wearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. It's a very hot day in New York, you guys. It's like super, super hot. Yeah, just very plain. This is the day that it was like 104. It was really hot. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was very hot. I mean, it was 11 at night, so it was probably a little cooler, but it was very hot. He had on the AC. Oh, and I think it's important to note um, that we're in an SUV. Oh, yeah, that is. So there's a little more room in the back seat. So... He starts talking about this and he's like, I've seen this like, porn yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. This, this, it's, oh my God, it's such a fantasy. It's such a fantasy. So he's not even like a super hot guy, but he's got like the thick sort of Spanish accent, which is Well, for sexy. thinking about you, your type, you love him old and busted. So... <laughs> That is like I don't know. Also true. Have you also, ever? But also rich. Also rich. Also rich. Um, so it's not your type. It's you, not my type. It's not my type. You don't like. I do. I like. I like. I like a dad bod. I like a beer belly. I like a balding Listen, head. Listen, I'm strictly thickly. I'm right there with Listen, you. Strictly it, thickly. It's a little more to hold on to. So he's just finally. He says, "So would you? Would you like let me touch you?" And I'm like, "Sure." Why not? Literally in my head, it just goes, sure, why not? Like, I, I, I was... I was very horny that day. So I was like, sure, why not? Oh, so that's I just like kind of convenient. extend my leg and he just like starts rubbing his hand like up my calf. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of hot. Ooh. And then love a little calf play right before <laughs> and you get it going. Right? It's it's I well, I love it when men touch my legs in a sort of worshipy way. Like much like you friend, I love being worshipped. Like I love being worshipped. Like, being worshipped, love being yeah, worshipped. And so then he's like, so if I just like and at this point we're two blocks from my apartment. He's like, if I just like pulled over into a spot. Would you and like hopped in the back seat? Could we like jerk each other off? And this is the thing, you guys. That is my least preferred like thing to do with another person. Like I get so bored, I'm jerking somebody off. I don't. I just like don't care to do it. It is a so, job. Yeah, it's a job. Yeah. So I say to him, just fully transparent. I would prefer to use my lips. Oh, oh. I'll give you a hand to get with you my off. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like my guy. That's literally. So what I'll give you, you a heaps with my jeeps. You better edge. believe. He drives to like the middle of the block, and so he just pulls over and jumps in the back seat, and just like are wait, the, wait, are wait, the wait, windows wait, wait. tinted? The windows are tinted. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I back check up, back the up, windows are tinted. Did he pause the ride? Is yes. this ride free now? <laughs> yes. He stopped. He stopped the charge. Did he stopped you, the charge. So wait, and my did phone he, went off. Did like, he, the ride is completed. So did... But you still had to pay for the ride. I still had to pay for the ride. Wow. Yeah, okay. 
what? Okay. That is. But I thought that was fair. It was a, lo- it's so, a long ride. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's a very important detail. And that's not. Fran would not abide that. No, <laughs> no, no Fran like, would not abide that. I'd be like, um, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> I actually did have so, a moment where I was, I was like, I was like, I thought about texting Fran because I was like, what would Fran do? Like, how would Fran get out of this? I truly did. I truly did. Well, Continue. Let me. Well, what, so, so he, he but jumps I just was in the like, back. he spent all that gas. Like I should, I should pay. Like right. I should pay for my ride. Oh, so wow. yeah, he jumps. So he jumps in the back. And again, we're we're in a Toyota Highlander. So I get down on my knees, and unzip his pants and go to town. And it is really hot. Every couple of minutes, it lasts for maybe like six or seven minutes. It's not like super long. But every couple of minutes, I look up and just make sure no one's coming because truly, like it's a very populous area. Mm-hmm. There are people like walking down the street occasionally. Wow. We're right at the entrance of like a big apartment complex people so people could come out. Too, you I'm, know. Not, I'm not seeing people on the stoops on the side that we're on, but I didn't really look on the other side of the street and there very well could have been. I mm-hmm. gave a blowjob once in a car in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And you know how gay Atlanta is. Yeah, Atlanta's at, hella gay. At, at one point, there was like three or four people outside the car just watching. Oh my wow. god! <laughs> was a whole that is a friend just vomit. Different sure. kind of fantasy. That sounds like vomiting. something you would do, Joe. <laughs> yes, I find that very hot. And again, like I have a thing for being a little bit of an exhibitionist, like having risky sex that could be seen in public. I'm an every, exhibitionist. Every, like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I love showing off. Me too. So Mm-mm. I'm. I like. Blow him. He comes. Oh, your mouth it's, is a ravioli. It's my, <laughs> my mouth, is, my mouth is a ravioli. Listen, this is not amateur hour. Your girl swallows. So, and then I'm like, okay, Same. well, you still have to like drive me home. There's like two more blocks. So, oh my god. So I love he that. he gets in the front and he's like, he's like, if I, he's like, I want to have your number. If I like text you, can we do this again? Like if I call you, and I was like, sure. Oh, like, oh, sure. Oh. So, might so be sure. A, a you have a boyfriend two. now. <laughs> so, so there, there could be a part two. Gainfully employed. Gainfully, he, he, he's yes. gainfully employed. Listen, I was yes. like, if I can get free lift rides out of this too, like, <laughs> listen, listen, Dennis! listen. So he gave me his name. I wrote down my number on a napkin. And he has your address now. Yeah, um, yeah he does know where I live. Because then he, he was like, do you want me to come back to your room? And I was like, no. Uh, that, yeah. that somehow that was the point where I was like, no, we're too good. far. We're good. Like, yeah, too far. Like enough. Um, but yeah, I immediately thought back to the fact that like maybe two weeks ago, I like watched a porn on Pornhub of a guy like blowing his Lyft driver, and I just was like, oh, was <laughs> that sponsored so by Lyft? Hot. I would love. Oh God, that'd be what? very smart of Lyft. Right? That would be. That's a whole. That's new a real kind of business yeah. for sure. <laughs> I've never blown a Lyft driver, but I have blown an Airbnb host before. Oh, wow. After yes. his girlfriend went to the hospital to visit her dad. Oh! <laughs> so I would Poor imagine girl. after this Lyft driver um, got out, after you got out of his car, um, he, you know, took turned his thing back on, got the next uh, passenger, and then the passenger got in, you know, some fag, and he was like, so I'm having these fantasies. <laughs> yes! He's been doing this all night. Yeah. Him. I was like, how many times he have you done this? He just everywhere. He just, he just, he just everywhere. A fully five-star Lyft Raider. Yes! Five-star I did give him five stars. Yeah. You know, you know the di- I was like, what kind of dick are we gonna get? Like, I love to, like, predict when I see a guy. I love to predict. Predict the dick. Predict the dick. Deck. And it was it was pretty sizable. I was I was very happy with it. So that was, I gave him five stars. I did ask him at the end. I was I was like, "Have you done this before? Come on!" And he was like, he looked all shocked, and he was like, "No, I swear." And I was like, "So yes." Which no. which I mean, why why cut, wouldn't you? I guess uncut, why wouldn't you? Big balls, little balls, cut, low hangers, high cut, and tight, low <laughs> hangers, <laughs> long and thin, which is just how I like. Ooh, it. I like a pencil. I dick? love long and yes, thin. Yes, I love Ooh, long I and thin. Like I don't like it gets too stabby. I love. Me. Stabby. <laughs> I, it makes me feel like yeah. I'm gonna die, which is great. <laughs> I just feel like they gotta get really far in to hit me where I need to be hit. Mm. So I just like them long and thin is a little easier. Can you mm. imagine if like you left the lift drive and you were like, mm, three stars? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. I, I was mostly Watch like, jump next time. I was happy that he was happy with my service. Like that was much more important to me. Like mm. I can blow any kind of dick, but like I want you to be happy so he seemed to enjoy himself hmm. so I was happy All right, well. well thank you Dennis five stars that. on that story <laughs> thank you three and a half stars on that story <laughs> Mm, 
it's time for the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T H O T T H O T. And to sling us our meat this week, Joe. <laughs> no, I no, am you a top. You are a top. I'm a top. You're no, a top. No meat will be slung. <laughs> all right. Not on all my right. watch. Um, I would love to have you watch me sling meat, Fran. No! <laughs> oh my God. Just truly the nastiest of the nasty. Why did you do that to me? Why did you do okay, that? Okay, do that? Okay. Do that? One of the questions. <laughs> We get most often in our inbox is from a self-identified younger thought asking us about how we went about making our circle of friends or how we even all met and started making this podcast. And yes, this podcast is an example of queer family. Hmm. We might not always agree Mm-mm. or sometimes even get along. <laughs> but we've committed. I fucking hate all of you. We are committed to making this thing together, mm. even in moments of deep conflict. When I'm literally shaking and crying, everyone knows that that's true (laughs) all the time. I can honestly look in the eyes of each one of these thoughts and say, I love you. Um, I want to frame this around an interview. Keep it in your pants, Joe. In, yeah, come on. <laughs> in TMI, TMI. Um, we don't use the L word in this studio. Nuh-uh. I do. We do. Gross. Uh, Gross. There's an interview in 1981 with Michel Foucault called Friendship mm. as a Way of Life. Why? Mm. Um, Friendship as a Way of Life. And he's kind of framing um, what queer family has meant to him in his life. And he writes, the problem he's talking about with sexuality, the problem is not to discover the truth in one sex, but it's to use one sexuality to arrive at a multiplicity of relationships. So he's already saying like, Your sexuality isn't just about who you fuck. It's like the type of family you make. And then he writes, Mm -hmm. and that's the real reason why homosexuality is not a form of desire, but something desirable. Right? So this possibility of arriving at queer family is actually something to be desired in the face of heteronormativity. Mm. Enough of that French theory nonsense. Let's get into our own lives and our own queer family's thoughts. I, so I struggle with this because, like, I grew up with a very nuclear notion of family. And mm-hmm. so I was making queer family even before I realized it. But then what was the first time when you sat across a table from a friend or made a decision about a job based on your friendships or relationships that you actually realized in that moment? That you're like, oh, I'm building this relationship and it's just as important as a sibling or a, mm. a, a mother or father. I think it was me and my friend Roy. Although, like, for me, I have, a, like, best friend is a tier. It's not a person. So yeah. I agreed. A, I have a tier of best friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just feel like I realized that I knew him better or he knew me better than my family did oh wow you know what i mean and like i Mm -hmm. knew him better than his family did Mm -hmm. um we're both like we we're not like estranged from our families but our families are trying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and also that you know those things those ways in which in your family member like fran and i you were we were talking about this at Mm -hmm. tin house about when you when your your family member can make you laugh like nobody else can Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. sharing a sense of humor with somebody like a Mm -hmm. like died in the wall sense of humor that was a part of it and i also you know like i was like i don't go this is the person i go to when i have questions about life or when i have questions Mm -hmm. about you know when i need advice or Mm -hmm. i'm you know that him and my friend lauren and my friend becky i was like you're the people i go to when i feel like i need to be figured out or I need to figure something out and Mm. I don't go to members of my family because I don't think they would give me the best advice and I think Mm. they would just further confuse me. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Similarly, I definitely find chosen family um, crystallized when I find myself coming home to New York and feeling like I can't wait to see my Mm. family because Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. have those same feelings when I go home to my biological family. It's not necessarily an, a ton of negative things, but I don't like ache and pine to come home to see my mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, I am canceling plans with my biological family to <laughs> make time for my chosen family, yeah. when I am yeah. trying to stay in New York for holidays or other events, when I'm trying to see them and prioritize time with them, I think that's when it really becomes something for me. Yeah, friend, that's so interesting. Mm. You said like stay in New York around the holidays, and I think for me, this question, I really, I, I really, really have struggled with this. I just had so much kind of like heteronormative nuclear family socialization growing up, and really uh, believed in the value and the valor of that. And so when I was finishing up grad school and having to decide if I'm going to stay in New York or if I'm going to move to Chicago or if I'm going to move to um, the Bay Area for work, it sort of felt to me like all of my friends who were in relationships had a valid excuse or a valid reason to stay in New York. Right, right, right. Everyone was like, oh, you're staying in New York so your kid can stay in the same school district, or you're staying in New York because your partner has a job here. Whereas I was just like, oh, but my friends are here. 
and and I, mm, I didn't yeah. want I didn't want to move at yeah. thirty and start again rebuilding family. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I felt people judged me. I mean, really horribly. Mm-hmm. They they acted as though I was like being very immature. That like prioritizing friends uh, and community was like a dumb thing to do, as opposed to like go off and chase the exact job that you want. Um, and I I struggled. It, t- it took me a year to make that decision. I kept putting it off and putting it off and. At that time, I just realized, no, like building this community in New York with these people is my family and it's Mm, as important. And no one is allowed to tell me that it's not a valued, like a a mature choice, basically. Yeah. And I feel like it sucks that we sometimes have to fight to um, make that feel justified beyond ourselves. But I think that the reality is that like we might choose how we like – how we interact with people in our lives in terms of if we interact with them as if they're family or not. But we don't necessarily choose, like, who feels like family to us. Like, that, for me, is a sort of thing that is organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I come, come at this from a slightly different perspective because um, even though my family and I have our differences, we are, like, really close, we're really tight-knit, and, and I do, like, I do ache not seeing... Um, my family. It might take a little longer. It might take a few months. Whereas if I'm away from my friends for like two weeks, I feel like I go crazy. Mm. But like I do, like I really get very sad about the fact that I don't see my sisters and my brother and my mom as often as I would like to. So I do, I do have that there. Um, but I definitely also feel like my um queer family, my chosen family, most of whom are based in New York, are definitely like they're just as important that happened sort of naturally. And the really sort of extraordinary thing about it for me was that, like, I didn't know that I didn't have that Mm. until I found it. Mm. Like, I found this group of gays in New York City about, like, a few months after I moved here and sort of got a job and, like, was starting to, like, live my life. I just, like, connected with someone who I had gone to camp with in 2004. We, We both were working at Lincoln Center. He was working at the opera. I was working at Juilliard. And then... I was trying to fix him up with someone who worked in a different office at Juilliard and the three of us just became best friends like immediately. Mm. And we also were like, wow, we really don't have very many queer people in our lives. Like I would say at that point, most of my friends in my life were straight people. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't realize that, like I didn't realize the sort of dearth that that represented in my life because like I was queer. I had like a couple of queer friends, um, but it really like, it really did. And like we were we were kind of intentional about creating that relationship, but also it felt very organic. And that was that was important to me as well. And I think, too, there's like, um, you know, different branches of family, mm-hmm. you know, because like mm-hmm. I, th- I think our, our group, for example, like the four of us, we mm-hmm. each have our own other friend groups. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not our like, own other families. Yeah. And but then we have this one as well. And I, it got me thinking about how much the hardest thing about leaving New York was leaving my people yeah yeah you know and like i haven't living in la has been difficult because i haven't necessarily it's not like that's not getting replaced you know like yeah um and it's also just like it's kind of does feel a little bit like dating like Mm, meeting people being friends with them and like keeping plans and it's so i hate dating i know it's awful friend dating is just as exhausting yes yes it is and like and everyone is so flaky, oh you know, God. and it, you, you're, I'm not just going to walk and meet some like I'm not going to be on the street and see somebody I know. Whereas in New York, that's more right. uh, that mm-hmm. that can happen more often. Or you could just be like, hey, like, let's get a drink here after work. And, yeah. you know, you're going to pass by it on your way to the subway. So there's right, really right. no excuse to say no. Whereas now yep. you try to make plans with people. And it is like it is so frustratingly like dating. You, yeah. That leads me to a really a poignant question, which we get asked a lot in different ways on this podcast. I personally get asked it like when friends are consulting me and asking me for advice how do y'all navigate the murky waters of meeting someone for the first time and being like are we going to be friends or are we interested in each other Mm. how do you navigate Mm. um or what if you are not interested in them but they are interested in you but you think they're really cool but you're not attracted to them or you don't feel that chemi- that kind of chemistry. Yeah. Um, how do y'all navigate those kind of murky waters? That's so, that's so tough, right? Not I think. very well. Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it's something that I literally have been working on a lot in therapy lately. Mm. Um, so I have a really hard time rejecting people because it's it hurts people. I hate hurting people. And like when you say, I don't want to date you, that hurts someone. Like it just mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's actually the much kinder thing to do yep. to actually mm-hmm. communicate honestly. Like, hey, I can tell you want to date me 
Tinder. We met on Tinder. We went on a few dates. Exactly. And I adore you, but like I don't see a romantic future for us. That mm. fucking sucks to say. But mm. what fucking sucks worse is either ghosting or like just continuing to quasi date that person. Dragging it along for mm-hmm. months. And so it's actually the, when when my therapist was like, no, it's actually the kind thing to do to say the hurtful thing mm-hmm. yeah, as nicely as you can. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's basically once you've said that thing and you've made your expectations clear, um, the other person's a fucking adult. And mm-hmm. if they yeah. want to keep hanging out with you and if you see that that, you know, is maybe hard for them or whatever, it's their fucking choice to keep hanging out with you, you know? And so it's a sort of – I had to take a step back and like give people the information and then trust them to do with that what is right for them, you know, mm-hmm. and not like yeah. patronize. And-, and within like a like a, 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 a select small percentage of people, they also know how you're feeling. You know, yeah. they probably know that you're not down to yeah. clown. Yes. And it really also, it's just uh, that navigating this is so much more difficult when it comes to queer relationships. Mm, and that's yeah. just not like, you know, quote unquote, same sex relationships. That's not just like women and women and men and men. That's like gender nonconforming people and queer people yeah. who are attracted to everything. You know, when you are mm-hmm. all along the sexual spectrum, every interaction can be confusing. Ah, you know what I mean? So yes. true. That's yeah. crazy. Um, especially, yeah. I mean, I, Joe, I feel for you. You're just attracted to literally everything. That's great. <laughs> that is you're just like horny for everything you talk to. I play <laughs> for life. Luckily for me, I'm extremely selective about um, who I speak to. And so, <laughs> I, and so when I, when I'm first like navigating conversations with someone who I've never met before and they they also happen to be gay, I'm usually disinterested um (laughs) period um and so when someone and when someone really you know is very i'm very enamored to them i find them like very charismatic i'm almost always wanting to be their friend yeah i don't really i don't really i very rarely meet people and then i immediately want to sleep with them it takes me a while to kind of get there oh interesting um yeah i'm i'm weird that way i immediately want to be their husband yeah side of the spectrum there you are a a pacific northwest lesbian correct yeah you are complete with the subaru I sometimes wonder, Fran, if your outlook on this, even though I think we express it, is a little bit different, maybe comes from a similar place. Because for me, I sort of feel like the def- like the idea that there might be sexual chemistry or romantic chemistry, like that's not the default when I um, meet someone who's queer and we like would theoretically like each other because I spent so long for so many years being told by every queer person that I knew that like I was amazing I was fun they wanted to be my best friend they did not think I was cute they weren't attracted to black people they weren't attracted to people who are femme like I just like internalized in such Mm -hmm. a serious way the idea that I wasn't desirable in that way Mm -hmm. that it really didn't occur to me um, early on when I was building a lot of queer relationships in New York that that was a line that would be confused mm. because even if I thought they were attractive and like would maybe want to date them, it didn't even occur to me that they might think of me in the same way. Mm. So there just like was no confusion, which is part of why when I meet people, I feel like they still have to kind of hit me over the head with a club for me to know that like they're like interested they have in to me. Flag you down and then say, "Listen, I've been having thoughts about men." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wanna, exactly. I want to talk about that line, though, because that's something that we get asked a lot mm-hmm. in the DMs and everything, like the difference between in, in queer relationships and queer friendships, like the difference between uh, attraction um, as a friend and attraction sexually mm-hmm. and how it, it is like a line that can be very murky. Mm-hmm. Not murky here, though. I don't want to fuck any of you. No, I'm just thinking <laughs> Whereas Joe this wants true. to fuck all of us. Which, which is like, I, the thing about me and my fear of intimacy is that once somebody is close, I don't want to fuck them anymore. So like, everyone <laughs> in this room is excluded from <laughs> that. T, T, T. But then, I, you know, like, I have had, I mean, do y'all fuck friends? Yeah. yeah. I have only fucked two friends. Yeah. But I've the, never, those were, you know, great experiences. I've never beyond. fucked a friend. I think it's it, I, mean, I have people who like we have become friends as we fucked hmm. but they're not like in my circle of friends that's an interesting we're like pretty friendly gosh, yeah. and we maybe won't date for this reason or that reason or whatever um mostly distance but like so they're friends but like i've never fucked someone who's part of like my like friend circle yeah i have uh, uh, and i have uh, uh, one of my best best friends 
Um, we are very attracted to one another. We have great sexual chemistry. We have great sex. Uh, but we're not relationship compatible. And we kind of both recognize that. So it is a, it is, a, I, I, you know, we hold in our relationship as a component of our relationship, we hold mutual romantic and sexual attraction. Mm. Uh, and that's, and it's fine. It, it's kind it of was, beautiful. It's it fine. Is. It is. It's only been fine for me once. Mm. And I don't want to say this person's name because I don't think they necessarily want their business out in the streets the way that I put my business out in the streets. <laughs> I'm on a show called Seat Sun and talk about my sex life all the goddamn time. But uh, this person is, is a great friend of mine. And and there was sexual tension. And once we fooled around twice, um, we realized that that sexual tension kind of dissipated. And it actually mm. made us better friends. It can. Because yeah. it didn't. Mm-hmm. then there wasn't this, like, friction. Yeah. And we just loved each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I've also, like, I've also, ha- you know, kind of jumped the gun um, after meeting somebody. And, you know, we- there was mutual sexual attraction, but we were never supposed to be in a relationship. For sure. and, uh, and then we fooled around and then it was torturous. And, you know, we kind of had to take a break from each other for like yeah. a year before yeah. we could yeah. come back as friends, yeah. you know, and like our, what do you call it, like your, your, um, your pheromones recalibrate or whatever. Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so it was a, that kind of a situation. But has that ever happened to you guys? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think that, you know, sometimes you have to take a break. Sometimes you have to recalibrate. Um, I do think that one of the best things about queer family, though, uh, for those of us who are monosexual, I I think most folks in this room are, is that, um, you know, one of the things I hate about gay, the gay community, capital G, capital C, is the way in which it's just like spaces are permeated with just nothing but men. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think one thing that queer family, like more than half of my queer family are queer women, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's this way that I've been able to build into my life across difference and across difference that oftentimes is not built across, you know? And if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like a little, if you're starting to feel a little bad, I'm going to make you feel like a little bit worse. You know, like if you you were like, if you're like on the beach and you're like taking a photo and you're like, oh my God. And you like post an Instagram of you with like all your friends and your speedos and you all look exactly the same. And you're like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. so happy to be here with my chosen family. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's not really what family looks like. No. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. not, that's not what it, that, that, that does not a community make it's, because it's, community means you have to foster across differences. You have to inform each other's opinions. You have to challenge each other. You have to mm-hmm. like help each other decide by base, by, by reaching across differences and, you know, knowing how that feels. And that's just not, if you're so deeply homogenized that like every single yeah. one of your friends looks the same, you should, you know, Look inside and figure out why that might be, yeah. and then yeah. figure yeah. out how that can change. Community and if the Rolodex of your dating yeah. Yeah. and encounters is also like you all look the same. That's like have that same interrogation and, there. And let me empathize real quick. It's just easier. I understand mm. that. Like it's easier to get along with people that sound and look and feel exactly like you but that's not actually gonna like progress the way you are as a human Mm. like the point Mm. of a friend is to make you better and like Mm -hmm. if someone is exactly Mm. like you y'all can only go so far you know what I mean if you're kind of teaching each other the same things over and over and the way a friend Mm. can call you out like nobody else I live live because those are the people who I know actually know me who are looking at me who see me and who are like listen you're doing this thing and I'm like oh Oh, fuck fuck. I feel seen Mm. right I feel like you can tell a lot about someone based on who their friends are. Absolutely. Yes. I like feel like I have a an immediate flag if I meet someone and I really like them, but then you know, 95% of their friends are like straight girls, or like 95% of their friends are like white guys, you know, mm-hmm. and white gays, you know, like I, I it's, agree. It's, well, I they're get all like so, bankers, you and know. Like, I, I, I understand just as I'm saying it that it's like that's kind of a superficial thing to say. I don't know the person. Mm-hmm. It's it's not fair to make blanket statements based on, you know, just things that I'm observing. But like it's always a flag. Yeah, always. Yeah. It will I will never not think about that. I never date any oh God. I, Dating is such trash, and then when you have to meet their friends, uh, yeah, I love meeting their friends. Oh, gross. <laughs> disgusting! I love meeting their friends because their friends always love me. But like, I think like Fran, just to sort of like follow up on what you're saying, I always because I th- I think about this because I do have friends who I feel like have all the values that I would want someone to have, but sometimes it looks like that. Like it looks like their friends are all white men or a lot of straight women and I think that sometimes like there's there can be a disconnect between like our value system sometimes and what we want and like what our practices end up being for whatever reason in terms of our friendships but our friendships and our relationships are often 
reflections of our practices. And sometimes we have to work a little harder to make those things line up. Like if we say we are all about diversity, but all our friends are white or all of our friends are straight women or like sort of cis muscular gay men, like you say you want something else, but your practice isn't aligning with it. Which is why I exclusively have queer friends. Like Mm -hmm. I I have literally four straight cis friends. That's it. That's uh, that's my Mm -hmm. max. Like all the rest are queer. (laughs) You know what I mean? We gotta be fantastic for. Yes, the fantastic (laughs) for. You know, I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. So this week, our dessert is going to be Euphoria, the Mm. show on HBO. Mm. Um, No spoilers, I'm only three episodes in, but I'm really digging it. Uh, So Euphoria stars Zendaya, or Zendaya, not quite sure (laughs) how that goes, um, as she's come back from rehab and starting her, I believe, senior year of high school. Mm. Mm. And she meets kind of a best friend played by Hunter Schaefer, who's also trans women. And uh, her, but one of the most beautiful things about the show and about like how it kind of like moves along is that their identities, like as a black woman and as a trans woman, as these two kind of central characters playing best friends, their identities don't necessarily come into the plot of the show. Like Mm -hmm. the oppressive structures um, as, uh, as it pertains to their identities don't necessarily really come to play or yeah. haven't yet like all of their other they have so many more problems than like w- the fact that she's a trans woman you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that to me there's such power in that in the kind mm-hmm. of queer incidentalism mm-hmm. of yeah. this show and, and other you know object cultural objects like it and i look for i think it's kind of paving the way for what a new narrative can be mm-hmm. about queer and marginalized people um i just like the show is like blowing my mind it's beautifully shot I think it's written really well as a TV writer. Like Tommy and I have talked about uh, this a lot. You know, the dialogue is just amazing. Mm. Um, And just the way that um, it kind of moves along. I haven't watched anything like it in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I also totally believe like, like in the first episode when Rue first sees, um, what's the, what's the character's name? Rue's Zendaya's characters and Jules is Hunter. Jules, right. So when Rue first kind of sees Jules and there's, I saw the spark happen, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, I totally See believed it. their and their friendship, and they go home together, like like in bed, and she's like, "Do you want to get high?" You know, like there's something about mm-hmm. that that like the, the, what I talked about before about falling in love with a friend, like I mm-hmm. that just I felt that in the screen, mm. like through the screen, you know. And yeah. I love that the beating heart of the show is a friendship. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, we, yeah, we need more media, um, more books, more TV shows, more movies mm-hmm. that are that center friendship and that center friendship that isn't like cis het white friendship right. as well like we need that and so there's so much penis in it so Listen. many penises so many a record number of penises on Listen. an hbo show it's like literally it's like 39 and that's, that's a big deal like before i knew what the show was about i just heard the complaints were that there were too many penises and i was like i am dead <laughs> <laughs> that is not a sentence i have ever said <laughs> ready's poppers and you know hunter schaefer is such a breakout zendaya is magnetic like i've ne- you've never She's seen her like this looking at rue's face and you could just see how lost she is uh, you know so and good. Like or like when she does drugs and she's just like searching for that happiness and she's like there's one in particular in the last episode that I saw where she's just kind of like on the couch like out of it fucked up out of her gourd and she's just like I'm so happy yeah oh. and it's so hard to watch mm. but such good TV yeah 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 oh, man. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producers, thick and tired of being thick and tired, <laughs> Alexandra DePalma. No. Our social media manager is the ride-or-die bottom, Christina Tucker. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or we burn all of Joe's sports bras. No, please, please, no. no. Okay, no. Please, I'm, please, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn I, them yeah, anyways. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Uh, I'm Tom. Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H E Y T E E B S, on all irrelevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on uh, 
Just Venmo. Just, <laughs> no, that's the only place you exist. Venmo only. I'm Dennis Norris the second, and you can find me on Twitter at TheRLDenden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. And I'm Joseph Osmondson, and you can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions to the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading in some extra delectable content mm. at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally send your questions, thoughts, concerns and dick pics to thoughts <laughs> at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food, the number four and thought spelled how T-H-O-T Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next Bye week. Bye. 